This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. My name is Sarah Dillon, and I've been teaching at Suffolk Law School since 2001. And I teach a variety of international law subjects, public international law. I have been teaching trade law. I'm not teaching it this year. European Union law, which is a big interest of mine, and international children's rights. I've just had a large textbook come out called International Children's Rights from Carolina Academic Press. The book began really when I was developing a course in international children's rights, which I felt was a necessary kind of a course because children's rights really are distinct from adult rights, distinct from parental rights, distinct from other kinds of grown-ups rights. And I realized there was no textbook in the field that was adequate to the task of teaching. So I had some wonderful research assistants who began to find material for me around a variety of topics like the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, child labor, children in the global sex industry, children living without parents, street children, children in armed conflict, and regional systems like the European System of Human Rights for dealing with children's rights. So I kept collecting this material, and essentially over a number of years, it became a kind of reader or textbook for students. And then I thought, well, why don't I turn this into a book, which I have done. The book, I think, should be used as part of a course or a project in international children's rights. On the one hand, it's a resource because it's a reader, but it also has my commentaries, introductions, notes and questions for discussion. I think it lends itself to introducing the reader or the participant in the course to the controversies around children's rights in all of these different areas. Because obviously, when we talk about children's rights, it sounds nice, but it often involves adults are arguing about what sorts of rights should be given to children. How much freedom should they have? Should the United States ratify the Convention on the Rights of the Child? It's one of only two nations in the world not to have done so yet. What about equality in children, gender issues? What about what to do about children without parents? We don't even know what to do with it in the United States. What about foster care versus other forms of permanency? And then are there systems that have dealt with children's rights pretty successfully. Again, I point to the European system. The Europeans tend to be, I think, out in front on the enforcement and the application of human rights norms. So that was kind of my thinking, to deal with the facts, that is, what treaties are in existence, what agreements, what standards, but at the same time, what controversies are there? What about traditional practices? What about child marriage? Many of these problems are, if not created by, exacerbated by poverty. And that can be you know a frustrating dimension because you don't want the students to ultimately feel oh well if a country is poor these problems are intractable what can you do about education what can you do about child marriage what can you do about other negative traditional practices you don't want that to be the message either so i guess the downside is that there can be a bit of atrocity fatigue if you read a lot about say child sex trafficking and that's not only a phenomenon of the developing world we certainly have plenty of it ourselves in the west it can become so depressing and demoralizing I mean, one wants to feel that those things are not happening to children and yet they are in pretty large volume. I feel in general that women's and children's issues are marginalized in international law generally and in law schools. I'm not the first person to say that. I mean, it's been said a lot about women's rights. Certainly with regard to children's rights, it's true. I think there's a tendency to believe that 
So business is the most important sort of concern. And then there's a sliding scale. And we get down to children's rights. And I think, again, there's a sort of assumption that, well, you know, this is a problem of culture or family or, again, poverty. Whereas I hope that within the concentration and concern about the well-being of an international public and the rule of law, that we realize that issues like police corruption in developing countries or sins of omission in our own country, again, like neglect in foster care, are very serious and even life-threatening issues for children who, after all, are simply underage human beings. So I guess that when, when it, I have found that when the issues are presented in this way to students, some of them are tremendously moved. It can even be life-changing, not for all of the students, but I've not infrequently had students say to me, now I know what I want to do. And they go off and they become children's advocates, maybe in a small way or in their own little corner of the world, but somehow the big picture, the, the manner in which children are neglected, I think can have a very, very strong effect on our internationally minded students. My hope is that with the book, maybe the topic takes on a new form. I hope it gets that kind of attention. I'm sure there will be other children's rights books in the future, but I hope that at least I've set out a marker for how the subject might be organized and what the main sort of milestones of concern should be. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.